Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Online, on your mobile, and on FM. From the home of time, this is Maritime Radio, Greenwich. So very good evening to you and welcome to Charlton Live. This is a big match preview here on Maritime Radio. My name is Louis Mendes. Joining me in the studio with his packet of crisps is Nathan Muller. How are you doing, Nathan? <laughs> yeah, I'm finished now. You, you finished now? What flavour yeah. are you? Salt and vinegar, mate. Salt and vinegar. A bit sharp for me. Black cloud. Um, yeah, no, living, living the dream, feeling a lot better after Sunday. I was rough on Sunday. Yeah, I was rough on Tuesday yeah. night. Uh, Tom, uh, Wallin also joins us. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, not bad, thank you. Yeah. Uh, no crisps. No, no crisps. Have you brought no. any snacks in? Uh, no, I haven't. Would you like to share some with banana? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've got move. some nuts in my pocket. Let's move on quick. Yeah, right, I have actually got banana with people. That wasn't a joke. Um, on tonight's show, we're going to look back at uh, the, the, the most frustrating game of football of all time on Tuesday at Vale Park, uh, where we drew one. And we're going to hear from uh, Russell Slade twice this evening. He's in uh, various different moods in both <laughs> interviews. Uh, then uh, we're going to discuss all things. We've got a couple of topics to talk about before we look ahead to Saturday's game at the Priestfield uh, with Gillingham. Uh, this week's Charlton connection with Gillingham is uh, Scott Wagstaff, who unfortunately is going to be, well, probably fortunate, he's going to be injured on Saturday, so he's, we're not going to face him. But uh, get your memories in about Scott Wagstaff, or if you want to talk about anything, let us know what you made to Tuesday's game against Port Vale and the manager's reaction to uh, some stick he received from the fans who, who made the, the journey up. You can email studio at charltonlive.co.uk or you can tweet us at charltonlive uh, first things first I think we want to have a listen uh, to the highlights of, uh, of Tuesday's game it's, uh, if I put in every single Charlton chance this would take the entire hour of the show so I've only put in a few of them but you'll, uh, let's listen back to how Terry and Greg uh, described the late disappointment at Vale Park brings it down on his, with his chest he's uh avoided two challenges the first from Hart and uh, gets the ball across looking for Lookman he's into the penalty area Lookman he's going to get on the end of it as well slightly right edge brings it drags it back to the skipper Johnny Jackson he just couldn't get over the top of it underneath it and went into the uh, roof of the JMB Union stand McGuinness uh, finds Olverstad he finds Lookman out on the left hand side Morgan Fox again going outside and this time he's found Morgan Fox in the middle look at Holmes Chance. he touches it it's still in the six yard box oh, and Street just scrambles out. it clear Holmes on the right-hand side. It's a good switch to find him with Solly overlapping on the right-hand side. Holmes uses him as a decoy. Chipped into the box. McGuinness will get his head there. Oh, oh, off the, the crossbar. And back out in the six-yard box. And Smith will chest it. Back to Alnwick and Charlton's opportunities are con- continuing to come. And that one's the closest they've come. Looks right to Holmes. Holmes can take on Knops. 1v1 being Ricky Holmes. Takes it down the byline in the penalty area. Gets it across. Oh, yes. yeah, for Charlton. Oh, oh, Overstad got there first ahead of his man. A lovely finish in Nutmeg Jack Annick. Great play from Ricky Holmes down on the right hand side. And Charlton take the lead. You've got to give huge credit to the skipper, Johnny Jackson, for the intervention of the tackle in the first place that uh, managed to squirm it out here to Holmes. He's little one, two. Uh, he took on. I think it was Knops he took on on the, uh, the right hand side of the penalty area absolutely skinned him and the fizz ball across was just toe poked in well, maybe that's a bit harsh but it guided in let's say by Olvestad right through the legs of Jack Ormwick to give Charlton the lead he does he looks for Josh McGuinness up against Street McGuinness takes a touch and he comes into touch. the pass of Johnny Jackson shooting opportunity Jackson looks to curl Ooh. it just wide it's a finesse effort from Johnny Jackson oh. good play again from Josh McGuinness who has been my man of the match so far flicks it in towards the path of Johnny Jackson Jackson can allow the ball to drop there's sort of a half volley in the end flicks to curl it past Anik it's gone just wide they actually do it before then it's been a great half from Charlton in fact one of the best of the season so far in performance Lookman to take crossing opportunity gets it in fires it in McGuinness it's good save comes out oh I think Wolverstad was there he's come off the shin of Wolverstad again McGuinness got on the first contact, I think. Lookman's free kick. 
goes past McIntosh and McIntosh falls over and Ricky Holmes is still on it goes to the byline gets the ball across McGuinness is in the middle so is Overstead straight at the keeper oh, still in the box now Jackson with the header it'll drop to Hanlon misses it completely Overstead back on it tries to get the ball across Hanlon with the oh, shot and the combination of the keeper it. and Street put it out for a Charlton corner it's a free header for Frederick Overstead has done so but the ball back to him is, uh, has left him a bit Chickson can't get there however and Grant's picked it up for Port Vale goes back to Pereira Chickson back on him but Pereira gets the cross in it's cleared away no it's not by Fox and then down in the box oh he's oh, given it he's the penalty. oh he's given it he's looking for a reason to give that I think uh, the referee and he's it's against uh, Harry Lennon against Lennon it's the wrong side of him but oh. from Arango it looked like he's he got the ball minimal touch it's as well a horrendous clearance from Morgan Fox Jones steps forward, strikes it. Oh, and Rudd gets his hand to it, but can only palm it into the roof of the net. Yeah, I thought Rudd had saved it at first. He got the, went the right way, got a touch on it. Just ended up in the roof of the net. So now Charlton have to play the last five minutes. They've got no Ricky Holmes on the pitch. They've taken off their danger man in uh, Josh McGuinness as well. I, I can't see how that, 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 that so those substitutions benefited Charlton there. I can't believe they're playing this. It's a rabbit in, isn't it? So it will be just time to take this free kick. Declan Rudd will launch it forward towards the edge of Pelier and the referee won't allow him to take it. What a nonsense that is. Absolute nonsense. Uh, which sort of describes the second half, I suppose. <laughs> so there we heard the highlights from uh, Tuesday's one-all draw with uh, Port Vale. Um, I was there. I was hugely frustrated. You guys weren't able to make it up. I imagine you were following it, uh, Tom, and I, I guess you were probably pretty frustrated as well at the final whistle. Yeah, exactly the same feeling. Yeah, obviously, gone to talk about how Russell saw the game, but I did. I just felt sick when that goal went in. It was so frustrating because we've had games recently where we haven't been good enough and we've gone ahead, and then you can see that that goal's coming because we've been poor. But this time, it was the same feeling that a goal was going to come from them but it was because we were missing loads of chances and we've just watched the highlights back there and obviously McGuinness hits the bar I think it's Overstad with a, a free header that he really should have put away and I saw Jacko tweeted to somebody I think earlier today or, or yesterday saying that we should have been out of sight at half time and, and that's the truth of it we should have been but we weren't um, we obviously made the changes to start to sit back a bit and another bit of naive play from, from one of our young players and a soft penalty and we've only taken a point where really we should have taken all three it's, it's, we've seen it as a problem over at times this season when we have created so many opportunities and, and we just haven't taken them and I mean uh, who do you put that down to how, how, how can you improve that um, it's just it's just the players I mean, it's the story of the season so far our, you know our <clears throat> we're not ruthless enough um, in front of goal we, you, at the beginning of the season we weren't creating the chances for us to take them we're now we're now creating the chances and we're still not taking them so it's <laughs> there's only so much as a manager and as a coaching team you, you can do but once you cross the white line it's down to you to take chances and looking back on the highlights there was a couple um, in that second half and the first half where we should have been out of sight first half at least um and we all sort of knew first half if we ain't taking our chances there's every possibility that it's going to bite us in the bum and it did again and and that's that's the frustrating thing I think it's because we are now creating chances and causing defensive problems but we're just not taking them and it's just you can't really you can't do any more training that you actually do you just need the players to be a bit more composed on the ball when they're in the final third the, uh, just looking back at the game as a whole, I think Port Vale, you'd say the first five minutes or so, Port Vale started, you know, controlled possession, but it, it was literally five minutes. And once, once we got into our flow, we saw, you know, shots from Olsen, we saw a couple of uh, low cross from Holmes that didn't get turned in, we saw Jacko over from eight yards, we saw a fox cross. Uh, to to Holmes in the middle when he somehow managed to kick it backwards rather than forwards. You know we were so in our flow. I mean, uh, people talk about how how sometimes they're disappointed when we set up four five one at home. But when when we've set it up away, when you look at the the performance against Scunthorpe, for example, and against Port Vale, saying on the train yesterday on on the way up to my friend saying if we set up like we did against Scunthorpe, mm. I really fancy us to go and get something. And whereas against Scunthorpe, it took us half an hour or so to start creating chances. It was almost you know five ten minutes to to get into our flow at, at Port Vale and. It worked really well, and, and people were questioning Slade's tactics towards the end. But I don't think you could question anything about the way we set up. Yeah, I saw the lineup when it when it came out, and straight away people were on about the four five one. But 
as we've said quite a few times on this show, four five one doesn't have to be negative. And if those two wide players get forward and turn it into a four three three when you go attacking, that's not going to be a bad formation, particularly when you've got someone big and strong like McGuinness, who, like we saw on Saturday against Coventry, actually can do all right on his own up front. And you've got that paced out out wide of Lutman and Holmes. You you can cause real damage, and you can get the ball in, and you're just relying on those other midfielders to get in and help McGuinness out in the centre and. From the look of the chances, that's exactly what we did. And Holmes and Lookman were getting in there as well. And like you say, Holmes had that chance himself. But like Nave says, you can't, you know, as a manager, you can't legislate for that. You you do all the training you want, but at the end of the day, when they're there, they've got to put the ball in the back of the net. And that mm. that's the only bit that's missing, really, from what otherwise would have been a three or four nil win. Yeah, you look. I was, I'm looking at. My, I remember looking at half time on my list. I'll just to show you guys here. So this this is the the, the list for Charlton chances went down the entire length yeah. of the page. Mm. That's the Port Vale chance. Mm. One chance. I mean, uh, the the one getting close. I mean, there was uh, like I say that the Holmes one from two yards out. Then then Ricky Holmes putting this glorious cost for McGuinness, which I'm sure we've all seen on the highlights where he heads it against a crossbar. Uh, there's a suspicion of handball a few moments later when a ball comes in. I think Anthony Grant's clearly handballs it from where from where we were, but the referee didn't see it. Then he fell on it, ended up with a obstruction and a and a, a drop ball inside the scuffle barrier, which was confusing. <laughs> uh, and then, then we finally break the deadlock, and it's more it's more good work from Ricky Holmes. He gets down that right hand side, low cross, and, and Olvstad uh, with a, a lovely finish through Zach, uh, Jack Annick's legs. I mm. think is the relation of the was it Ben Anik yeah, it? yeah. Uh, goes through his legs and, and there, then you have the lead and you're thinking right finally I mean it's a great it's a great goal for starts you're thinking finally now we're going to now surely that's a floodgates opening sort of moment that you, you, you sort of think that don't you yeah I mean <clears throat> and just just like going back in about the four five one is sometimes you're going to have to set up that to go away because they have a take the as a home team you've got to take the game to them and early in the season we were getting overrun in the midfield when we were playing two in the centre away from home so the, the key is of playing four five one is that you you stay compact when you when you haven't got the ball but when you when you do get the ball you're relying on your overstads and the jackos to get in front of the ball and get in and around McGuinness which is what the goal showed arms out wide and Olvestad has gone further forward going beyond the ball and he's made a nice little finish but yeah in terms of that yeah I mean personally I thought <clears throat> it was going to be a good at least going into half time two three nil up but yeah. um, it was plain to say that it never happened. But, um, yeah, it's just difficult to sort of take sometimes, especially yeah. when you're that dominant away from home. Yeah, we had a great chance with Jacko right on the stroke of half time as well, where the ball came out to him on the edge of the box, and he looked to place one curl one. I think we heard it on the highlights there. Actually, it was so so close. I don't know if that one even made the highlights. Uh, start of the second half, we've seen uh, f- pretty much the first thing that happened in the second half. We've seen uh, Lookman's taking a free kick towards the near post. From where I was, I couldn't actually tell what happened, so I had to tweet someone sat behind a goal to ask him. Uh, but basically, it sounds like McGuinness has got his head on it towards the goalkeeper's spilt it, and then uh, Overstad's put it wide when he had to mm. score. Uh, so, so, I mean, it, it's, it's a recurring theme here. But we're listing chances that that we had to score, and if, if, if as we should have done, if we'd scored say three of these golden opportunities, and that that wouldn't have been that mm. would have been beyond the, the the pale of imagination. That that should have happened. We would have won this game quite comfortably. Mm. Yeah, and um, it's difficult because with everything that's going on off the pitch at the moment and with the results not being what we are we're not going to be on the whole we're not going to be glass half full fans at the moment but the way to look at it is that we are still creating those chances and we are in a position where we should be winning games you you've got to think at some point this season that our luck's going to turn and instead of should be winning we're going to start winning but as I say obviously fans with everything that's going on at the moment aren't going to feel like that but those chances again, like we've we've all said, we're creating plenty. We've had all those chances. What's so frustrating is yet again we're coming away with with one point, and we keep saying every week, you know, well let's change it next week. We'll go and we'll start again next week, and then occasionally, like a sh- the Shrewsbury game or the Coventry game, we do do that, but it doesn't really start things off. And then next game comes around, and we're back at square one again, and that's what's so frustrating at the moment because that sort of up and down is the. S- the sign of a team that's going to finish somewhere mid-table, not a sign of a team that's going to push yeah. for the top t- two or three places. That is the thing. I mean, when you, when you look at the the, the goal, the, the second <coughs> goal that changes it, the second goal that kills mm. it off. We got, like I say, we, we got it. We got them quickly against Shrewsbury. That game was over five minutes after yeah. we scored our first goal. Um, Coventry. It took a while, and if we're being honest, they had a few chances until until we got that second goal yeah. and killed it off. It just didn't come. I mean, Frederick Olverstad's header. In the second half, I think it was a Ricky Holmes cross again. It was towards the far post. Olvestad's ghosted in. No one anywhere near him. He's headed it straight to the keeper. I mean, he should have had that trick. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Port Vale are the home side. They're, they're no mugs, Port Vale. Uh, although I did get a nice Port Vale mug. But they're going to stay after, <laughs> since you asked. And then, um, uh, they, uh, 
they, they, they are, they're always going to at some point exert some pressure. And that, that's when you start to think about, well, what do we do now? You get into 10 minutes from the end. We, we've, <coughs> we've taken off uh, Lookman for Hanlan after 70 minutes. I don't think Lookman was that involved, to be honest. Mm. Uh, he, he got down the wing a couple of times. He wasn't as, as involved as, as, as Holmes had been. Um, and, and we're still looking okay. They're, they're getting the ball into the box, but everything's fine. And then, um, then, then there's a substitution of Holmes and McGuinness for Chickson and Novak. So that's with uh, seven minutes left. Now, it, it was almost immediate that the goal came after that. Mm. Um, and the, the only thing you would say about that substitution is because the goals come after, then we have taken off our two yeah. most dangerous players. I mean, how do you look at that? I mean, for the start, we, we, we brought on Chickson to, <coughs> you assume, he'd be more defensive than Holmes would be. I mean, Novak for McGuinness, you could argue, not quite the same quality in my idea, but probably a like for like. Yeah. Um, how do you legislate for that? Because a lot of the fans I spoke to after the game felt that that was the turning point, and that's that's that we went too defensive, and that's yeah. why we conceded. I mean, do, do you think it's like that? I mean, it was yeah. one silly mistake for the goal, or two, yeah. two silly mistakes if you count Fox's clearance and, and Lennon's foul. But well, I mean, it all goes back to the, the chances. You know, if you're away from home, you go two 0 up. You ch- you change the whole complexion of the game. You know that you, you're putting the onus on the home to, home side to come at us two goals down. They're going to they're going to sit back and go hold for a two 0 loss. So you invite them on, and then we can get them on the counter. But when we we ain't taken our chances. In fairness to Russell, what times were the subs? Eighty five. Yeah. So we've left it. Yeah, and you know those guys have played two <clears throat> two games in a week. Not, and I can understand why he's made those subs because he, he didn't make those subs after they scored. You know, he's done it, it's going, right, last five minutes, we've tried getting getting a nice little cushion of two goals. Hasn't happened. Um, let's show it up now, last five mm-hmm. minutes. And Sod's Law makes the subs, penalty, penalty against us. And like you said, after that, that's the only grumble I would have, is that we took every single creative player off. That was the only mm-hmm. grumble I'd have. I wouldn't say the substitution when he'd done it, because it <coughs> makes sense of why he made the subs, but the... Maybe two of the three I would have done, but I wouldn't have taken all three of them off. Mm. Um, well, the irony is, we, we still had a, we still had a half chance. Well, we sort of a chance with Hanlon where he broke through down the mm. right hand side, uh, sort of one on one, which he blasted over, and we we did it. We forced a corner in injury time as well. So it's, mm. it's, it's not like we completely dried up. No, nah. but I guess you, you are looking at you know if Holmes. I think I thought Holmes had a really good game on uh, on Tuesday. I just wonder if uh, you know, he's still he's still got his p- perhaps fitness issues because he had that break during the season. But he's just one. You, it's, it's one of those things that leaves you wondering, and that's clearly what affected. I mean, I, I wasn't in the away end, so I don't know what percentage of the two hundred and fifty three fans got involved with this song. But then um, it, it was loud enough that I could hear it, and I was the other side of Russell Slade to the away end, so like he was in between me and mm. the away end. I had headphones in as well, so the fact I heard it meant it was loud. It was uh, Charlton fans start singing Russell Slade. He ain't got a clue. I think that. The difficulty is, and this is no no criticism of the fans at all, because I think if I would have been there and seen our attacking players go off when we were only 1-0 up, I'd have probably felt the same and been singing it as well. But if we keep those attacking players on, and it's a lot of ifs, but then they go and score, then people say, well, you should have gone more defensive and protected that 1-0 lead. So it, it goes both ways. The frustrating thing is that we've seen this happen in, it's not just this game. He's made defensive changes quite a few times now, and not enough times as it paid off and also it's the sort of changes that a team would make when they're kind of feeling lucky to be 1-0 up and they're like right let's protect it mm. whereas as Naif says what we should be doing as a, a team that want to go up this season is go right we're going to get that second goal we're going to keep attacking you and pinning you back may, mm. or make you come out and we're going to get extra goals and we're going to show that we're the team that can dominate this game and we haven't really done that in Arguably, any of the games except possibly that Shrewsbury game where we were up against a really poor side. I think that I, don't, I, I don't grumble with the, with the defensive sort of tactics and mentality from away from home. That I just have I grumble about the home games. Mm. That's when if we're one 0 up at home against a, a team, uh, and we, you know we're one 0 up. I, that's what I done on it's going defensive at home. But when you're one 0 up, that's when I would push on mm. away from home. Yeah, by all means, I have no qualms about sitting behind a ball and trying to counter attack. I just don't agree with the defensive mentality at home, and I think the fans, you know, have every right to voice their opinion. I think it got a bit too much, and at, at that time, we've just given away three points where we've, we've absolutely battered them, and we deserved yeah. the three. Yeah. And I think that's probably what cut cut the most yeah. is that we actually really deserve those I mean, that's three a, we, we were five minutes away from the post-match interview question being Russell how did you only win that exactly. one yeah. that was yeah. uh, for me going that first half in particular was the most impressive I've seen mm. this season and it was Yeah. I mean at half time we, I was saying we're all saying like, how are we not 4-0 up how are yeah. we not 5-0 up I think that, that's the other point we have to remember we can blame the substitutions or that 
you know Lennon being a bit rash or the referee being soft or whatever you want to give it but the point is we had five six seven eight chances in that first half and we only put one of them away mm. and if we hadn't then the game would have been out of sight and none of the rest of that would have mattered goals wins your games isn't it and that's yeah. the old cliche but it's true <laughs> that, that fault lies with the players mm. right so uh, obviously um, after the game Russell Slade was a hugely frustrated figure uh, and uh, he, he came out and did a, a bit of a brief interview I think it was one of those ones where I mean all of us were upset all of us were upset I mean we were chatting we were chatting in the press box before we went down we were fuming like oh, we should have won that we should have won that uh, Russell Slade he's obviously obviously like I say, he's upset he's thrown, the, the, the two points have been thrown away and, and clearly I mean the fan, fan criticism gets to him as well I mean mm. let's listen to the interview and uh, we come back out and we talk about it. I've got some tweets in from uh, from a few people as well which need reading as well but let's listen to how Russell Slade reacted uh, to that one all draw at Port Vale mm-hmm. Russell late equaliser for Port Vale today what are your feelings after that one sick absolutely sick but of course the fans will think that's my fault was all quite vocal in making that point. My my fault that we missed maybe six, seven opportunities. My fault that I give the penalty away. Uh, as you say, that first half was was dominant from Charlton, and and you you, are, you will rue those those opportunities. Yeah, absolutely, you should have been three or four nil up. Um, do you have any questions over the penalty today? No, it was a penalty. Yeah. Uh, do you think Charlton might have one in the first half for the handball? Solid, if, solid feel for it. If he'd have, have seen that, yeah. I mean, in the end, he's, nobody knew what he was quite going to give and he just give a drop ball. Yeah. Okay, strange decision. Yeah. I, mean, I can tell you're frustrated. I mean, what, what did you have to say to the players after the game today? Well, it's frustrating. It's not good enough because we dominated. For the away side, for the away side, we, we've created so many opportunities in the first half against a team that's won five and lost one at home. Um, we should, we, we, we've got to be ruthless with what we do and we're not and, and, and then we don't stick to the game plan uh, uh, as well as we should we don't c- continue to do the things that have brought us that success and then when you have that late goal it's, it's frustrating because it's too late to react really well it is but we still had a chance after that didn't we we still had a chance with Brandon after that so you know it wasn't like the chance to stop coming um, what would you say to the fans who did travel up today? I, I, again, I could, there was a song that came from the fan base, which was I don't think we've heard that yet. Yeah, they're entitled to their, they're entitled to opinion. Everybody's entitled to an opinion. Um, don't mean I agree with it. Okay. And finally, Kent Derby with Gillingham on, on Saturday, a chance to try and put things right. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We, we, it's a it's another huge game. Very disappointed we've missed out on points tonight. Um, but it's a it's a game that's. Um, We'll look forward to the challenge. Bit of a derby game as well, so a bit of an edge to it. Look forward to that. Johnny Jackson! Charlton Live. Welcome back to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. So we heard we heard there from a <coughs> clearly frustrated Russell Slade. I mean, the, the, obviously, no matter no matter what's happened, I mean, I, 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 I think the comments were probably misguided. Yeah, I think it, it's clearly an emotional response, isn't it? He hasn't just taken that five minutes out to think about about what he's going to say. And I think the difficulty is, on the one hand, he's completely right. You know. He, it's not his fault that those players didn't score. It's not his fault that it, it's a soft penalty that we've given away at the end. But to come out there and perhaps sort of rat your players out and stuff, if, if he'd have had five more minutes, he might have said, well, look, and like we said earlier, we are creating the chances. I made those decisions to try and protect that 1-0 lead and take that point home, which would have been a really good point, uh, good three points on the back of Coventry. You know, and he might have he might have worded things differently, but as it was in the heat of the moment, he's come out and been a bit more emotive about it. And I think that's obviously what fans have jumped on the back on, particularly when he then goes on to to sort of point out that he's not happy with how the fans have reacted. Mm-hmm. I think um, I was sort of saying it just before we started, but um, some sometimes I mean we we all, we we like I say we're all frustrated at a final whistle. Um, and when, when you're in a away game, basically you got you got to do your press and you got to go home. So you, there's no there's no hanging around really. Whereas mm. um, 
Uh, I remember after the Olden game, which everyone remembers, was a, a hugely frustrating game. Hugely frustrating game. Russell mm. um, took, took about five ten minutes longer to come out from uh, from his office, and you, some, sometimes you need that time to calm down, really, don't you? And, and whereas mm. this time, it, like you know, you have to get on a coach and you have to drive all the way back to London overnight. That's what they do. So perhaps perhaps that five minute that five minutes extra might have actually helped him just just to calm down, maybe. Yeah, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I think it probably would have helped him a little bit. Um, <clears throat> but I mean, playing devil's advocate, I mean, there's only so many times you can you can keep coming out with the same excuse, and you know, oh, we created the right, you know, we created enough chances to win the game, and mm. we did this, we did. Th- Sometimes you might have to say we haven't done enough, you know, we didn't stick to the game plan, you know, we didn't take our chances, and you just you just got to say it as it is, and he did come across <clears throat> quite um, what's the word blunt, shall I say? But I mean. Even I do. Even uh, games I go and watch. If if I'm that annoyed, I yeah. have to stay off Twitter and yeah. texts for at least half an hour because I just end up losing my rank. Yeah. So I mean, we cannot. If we're all in that sort of, I mean, the, the fans were the same. They were angry and they voiced their their opinion. And everyone, it's just the way people sort of deal with it. But um, yeah, no, it it doesn't surprise me the way we acted when you yeah. when you've seen your team absolutely pummel someone and then not take anything. Yeah, right. Uh, Mads was up at the game on uh, on Tuesday. Says so the commentator there was spot on. We played really well, but those changes did mean getting back in the game would be tough. Slade got his tactics right Tuesday, but the changes did make it difficult for us uh, with the immediate equaliser. I do feel for Russell Slade a little. You can't really blame him for the missed chances, but at times this season he has been too negative. I'm really worried about the deteriorate, uh, deteriorating relationship between the fans, Slade, and the players. Slade is taking things far too personally. I don't know how Russell Slade's been a manager for this long with such a thin skin to criticism. Managers need to be diplomatic. I mean, if you remember after the Fleetwood game as well, where away at Fleetwood, um, uh, there's Charlton fans right behind a dugout there. And I remember he took off Ricky Holmes there, who was at that point only just coming back from injury so there's no way he was going to last the whole game Yeah, um, and it was, ironically the players that he bought on were all involved in the equaliser but he, I remember uh, I, actually, I didn't actually hear it because I had my headphones on but apparently there was a, little, a few grumbles when he took Holmes off there and Slade again he bought it up uh, in the interview and this you know, not, not prompted because I didn't hear it I didn't know mm. it happened but he bought it up so it is slightly surprising that, that he, he takes those things personally because he, he is a very experienced manager so you mm. don't really expect that do you? I think as well it's it's frustrating because it's nice to have a manager who is honest and who does come out and doesn't just say, oh, I didn't see it or I didn't hear it. The frustrating thing is that it's it's in, got negative connotations as opposed to like positive ones. But, yeah, I, I, I'm surprised as well because, because, as you say, you would think one of the first things a manager would do, particularly with media training, is learn to control those emotions and perhaps not say it out loud. You know, go home and, and share that with your family or whatever and say, oh, that's annoyed me, but... Not, not to the fans because the relationship between the fans and this club at the moment is very fractured and mm. Russell is one of the people I think a lot of us would say he's one of the good guys you know he's someone who on the whole we want to do well and we want to succeed and has started to transform certain parts of the club since he's arrived so to see the relationship between us and him breaking down is obviously I've, a concern I've, I had to speak something to, we didn't get a player to come out on Tuesday so we had some paper to fill up so Rich asked me to sort of do a piece about how I, how I see things at the moment, and it's going to be in tomorrow's SLP. But the the, the bits of it is about how how I, I honestly think that no manager could do anything at this club at the moment because there's so much frustration from every single angle, right? So obviously the manager's frustrated with what's happened on the pitch. The owners are clearly frustrated because they, they they probably almost naively expected things everything will be all right. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. probably so they're probably frustrated. They're clearly frustrated with uh, the protest starting again as they're. Goons uh, have decided to uh, to get involved. Um, the fans are obviously frustrated, and they're frustrated with the mess we've been through at the moment. Um, the fact that you know fans are frustrated that Thomas Dryson's still here. Fans are frustrated that Roland and Katrina are still here. Mm. Uh, there's n- and and therefore they're they're going to be quicker to moan and stuff than perhaps they might have been previously. I mean, with there have been things that need moaning about on the pitch this season, of course. Mm. That's always going to happen. But I just I just wonder, just <coughs> until this lot go, I honestly don't think anyone can come in and do a job with this team. Because there's so much frustration everywhere and there will never be a situation where everyone works together. And I, I honestly think that 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 isn't helping at all. I mean, does it does it does it boil down to the players? I mean, do they enjoy playing 
for us at the moment because is that a factor why we're not maybe doing as well as we we can because is they, that, they must and, and this isn't just isn't, isn't just negative no ne- negativity and frustration within the stadium i'm talking about they they must see what goes on behind mm. the scenes mm. sometimes i think oh this isn't what it it's should just, be yeah, they, they it's like, just the whole it's just the whole club i mean if, if you look back i know we are upon a bail time but if you look at the last time we was in this position we had chris powell the whole club was buzzing, but more or less, when from the, from the get go, you know, there was an excitement. Everyone loved their, you know, everyone loved Chris was in charge, and the play, we had good players. We had a bit of mix of youth, and and then there was just that vibe at Charlton. Everyone sort of was getting along. Whereas now it just seems so. I think you just said fractured. Great word. Yeah. It's just it's so disjointed, and it just it just doesn't seem to be clicking. And, and like you said, until something drastically changes, I can't see it. Mm. Um, I um I tweeted something after the game. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was just kind of sticking up for Slade a little bit after the game. Um, and people straight away get get on your back yeah. about that. And yeah. it, I I don't necessarily blame them because, as you say, everyone's frustrated in that point. But I think people kind of straight away, rather than thinking, "Oh, he's just looking at well, it's going to get worse if we get rid of him," people think, "Oh, this guy thinks Slade's the best man." Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Manager ever, mm. and it, it is—it's just that fracture all over. And one of the notes I've got down here is that we've got to all remember that the issue is far bigger than the manager. It goes all the way through the club, like you've said, Louis, from the owner through all of the the uh, people who work at the club, all of the players, all of the fans. The whole thing is just a big mess at the moment. And I think you're right. I think they they thought that by buying in this British experience and the British manager, that therefore they've done what the fans are, so everything's going to be fine. And mm. That's not the case. It was all going to fall into place, yeah. didn't they? Yeah. Got a couple of tweets in from Mazza. She says, uh, uh, "You think it's because we keep hearing similar from Slade? He is to blame. He, uh, the, uh, the coach, he coaches, manages the team. If it was a one-off, then okay. Uh, we've seen, and then talking about the, the state of the club, we've seen staff go from all quarters who aren't happy, bound to affect all the employees, including uh, the players." Jack tweeted in. Uh, said the 1-1 one, one was really inevitable based on the numerous chances we had lacking goals and a Jose still on the bench they get their one chance put it away and head goes down Alverstad flying in with assists good time for a Jose to jump in now Nicky Jose is one of the players that when he has played this season has been the most disappointing for me because mm. we know what he'd done last season um, d- do you think he should be given another chance I mean again obviously Russell see, I, I, I reckon I know why he brought on Hanlan over him on Tuesday because mm. I think if it was going to be the case where it's still 1-0 and we're just looking to hold the ball down the other end, Hanlan's a big lad. Mm. Uh, he'd, he'd be able to bustle away and um, obviously snatch at his chance when it turned out that we needed another goal. Yeah. So I think he would have been the right choice over a Jose there. But do you think a Jose should be getting a chance again in the starting lineup? We don't see him in training, so we don't know, do we? But if, if we play to his strengths, you know, if, we, if, if we're going to go for the direct, more direct pass into Josh and we're getting in and around him, then no, he's not the right right person can him and Josh form a partnership I don't know maybe that's a po- an option we can go for a home games but I mean there's no point starting the guy if we're not going to try and play to his strengths I'm not saying we've got to you know bend over backwards to make a Jose play but if you want the best out of Nicky or Jose you've only got to see the sort of goals he's scoring you know he's not the ones sort of lump up the ball and he's going to win when Edda end end six mm. foot in the air he's, that's not what, what he's about so um, if we can get him playing with Josh in in a way even you might not even have him as a two. Maybe you can put him out on a sort of wide and inside forward sort of role. I don't know. But um, like you said, he has been disappointing. But I just don't think, when I've seen him, we haven't played to his strength. So I don't think, yeah, I'd give him a go. But only if we play the way, way you know, we're going to get the best out of him. Uh, Mad says, Louis is spot on. 
Uh, the Charlton job under RD is impossible, but I don't want Slade to go purely as I don't trust RD to get any better. I don't think players do enjoy playing for us, which is so sad. Charlton used to be such a family club. United, we were unstoppable. Right, let's have a quick break, and uh, we'll be uh, back to talk things, all things Charlton in uh, 30 seconds or so. He's gone for it, you know. Oh, what a goal! Oh, what a goal by Armakashi! Oh, that's almost at the halfway line. Unbelievable strike! That is outrageous. Right-footed. Well, we saw Armak off his line. What a goal! From the home of time, time, this is Maritime Radio, Greenwich. That's very weird. Charlton Live. Talking about the Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. had a tweet in from Lewis Woodley. So are are we forever just going to leave a Jose on the bench? It's pretty stupid when he scored more goals than McGuinness and Novak combined. A fair point. I mean, that, that's what we're saying. Like, he scored so many goals last season. We don't really play to his strengths, especially in a four-five-one. Like, mm-hmm. he, if you see, if, I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm certain we played him in a four-five-one once this season. I can't remember when. But he, he does, for me, he, he's a goal poacher. Mm-hmm. But if, if he's going to be on his own, he doesn't really do it. If we're playing four-four-two, I mean, remember how well Novak and Jose were linking up at the start of the season, uh, uh, the um, pre-season, pre-season was quite yeah. well. So. Oh, who knows? Right. Uh, I thought I'd just give a quick plug. There's a uh, Charlton fan who's a boxer called uh, Connor Winter. Uh, he's an addicts fan. He's fighting Sam Saunders at Gillingham FC, ironically, on the, the 5th of November. It's 30 quid um, for a ticket. There's, there's, there's a massive card on. There's, there's something, something about 10, 10 fights or something like that. So if you want to go down and support, if you're into your boxing and want to go down and support a Charlton fan, Connor Winter on the 5th of November down at Gillingham FC uh, fighting Sam Saunders. Right. Uh, we were discussing the things we wanted to talk about this uh, this week on the show. Uh, last night there was a tweet sent by everyone's favourite uh, network scout, Thomas Dryson. Mm. Uh, it, it, I, I think he, I don't know if he was trying to be funny or if he like or if he realised what it would have um, meant to some of the Trump fans this But basically, he took a photo of, of himself watching. Uh, the uh, was it Barcelona, Barcelona Macy's, Macy's, yeah, yeah. on TV and he just put just doing some scouting see that's the sort of thing that sometimes one of us would go to some random game like like go on holiday to yeah. Spain and go I'm at Barcelona doing some scouting so I don't know if he just thought about it if, if he was only making a joke like that or if yeah. he genuinely was taking the mick at Charlton fans but I, I reckon he was taking the mick yeah yeah and I think it's also the sort of thing that Charlton fans would now do saying this is what Thomas does when he's scouting as a joke but it's it's too close to the bone. When we were in as much trouble as we are at the moment, I, I wasn't having it. <laughs> a yeah. lot of fans weren't, rightly so. And I think he deleted it, didn't he, soon after? Yeah, he ended up deleting it and he blocked quite a few yeah. Charlton fans <laughs> who had a, had a go at him. Did you, did you find it offensive now? Did you see the funny side? Uh, uh, I actually, <laughs> I'm going to be on the other side. I actually think, I thought it was quite funny, but yeah. not. I, di- I didn't interpret it to have a, a I mean, thinking about it now, I can see why people got angry. But I just thought it was just like any Tom Dick or Harry, like us, just going, yeah, just, well, just get out that, of the game. That, but like, like Tom said, the predicament that we're in, I can understand yeah. how it's sort of that's, in, that's the, the insinuation. I, that's the way I saw it. I thought he was just making a joke to himself. Yeah, but uh, naive. I yeah, mean, I've used that word to describe it before, especially in the yeah. sort of light that's been happening in the last yeah. two, three weeks. Like I, I say, if quite, one of us does it, I think it's quite funny. But yeah. he's the reason that people would be doing no, it. Yeah, it's true. I think that's mm. what I, like I. Personally, I wasn't that. I just kind of brushed it under the carpet. But I understand why people were more annoyed about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm glad we got that covered. Something else that just came out: um, the the protest fund, which isn't it isn't card. It's it's run separate from card. But um, obviously, card can dip into it for for protests. Obviously, any any family comes up with a protest, you can contact the protest fund holders and, and, and let them know what your protest is and they give you some funds for it uh, if it's legal and all that uh, it's, got, it's gone over £40,000 £41,000 that's an incredible amount of money that Charlton fans have raised mm. I might protest uh, and just buy myself a house <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, buy a house. Where? Anywhere. Only one grand. I think you're going to have to go. <laughs> <to> <laughs> that's, 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 <laughs> that's a lot of money, though, isn't it? Yeah, that's oh, a lot of money. Say a play to everyone. Shows the strength of Finland. Obviously, they've also raised. I think it was something about eight grand they raised with the sale of the protest shirts as well for local charity. So it's not like it's not like all the money is gone and protested. It does show that underlying all the frustration at the club within the fan base, there's still that that good heart as well to to raise money for charity. We've always, as a club, we're even now like up there across the world for all of our trust and community stuff so it's not a surprise that when the fans pull together we're still able to do that it's a shame we're now almost doing it against the club instead of for it but like you say it just shows the unity that the fans in some quarters have still got and you know that's the the family feel the community feel that we want to be able to retain because at some point these owners are going to go and when the new owners come in we want to be able to show that that's what the fans are all about and at the moment they're still able to do that which is amazing but we'll yeah. all still be here won't we exactly we'll still be over there longer yeah. than they will we hopefully uh right uh don't forget, in about five ten minutes, we're going to be doing our Charlton Connection uh, for Saturday with Gillian. We've chosen Scott Wagstaff, a, uh, a hugely popular player uh, in his time at the Valley. So uh, get your memories of Scott into uh, at Charlton Live on Twitter. You can studio at charltonlive.co.uk uh, on the emails. Got a couple of emails in on separate subject. Mark Smith uh, says he, he hopes that we keep Slade just so he can shout "It's Christmas" at him at the Peter game on the seventeenth. <laughs> Of, uh, of December and I've got a nice email in from uh, Peter Beeling it says dear Louis and the gang thanks for the great show I appreciate that the antics of this clueless regime and an equally clueless manager must uh, make it hard to keep going sometimes but let me assure you the Charlton Live podcast are some of the highlights of my uh, weeks it's very kind Peter he says as a Charlton fan for over 40 years I am well used to the bad times at Charlton and this season already looks like one of the continued uh, struggles as a result of poor closed season planning underinvestment in the team and the appointment of an overly cautious manager Russell Slade's too long in the tooth to change his ways both for Orient and Cardiff he was known as a very cautious manager who has never won promotion do we really expect him to change now without doubt the best thing about Charlton at the moment uh uh, is uh is Card living in Hampshire surrounded by Pompey fans they sympathize with us think the card demonstrations are great and imaginative and are looking forward to changing league places with us uh, next season keep up the great work and thank you that's Peter he calls himself Emsworth Addict thanks uh, for your very kind email there Peter I mean uh, look, so we, we just mentioned the protest funds there I mean the, the, <coughs> those, those flying pigs were the, the talk of the, the town when I going to work on Monday mm. uh, I took a pig with me to, the, <laughs> to Port Vale if anyone was following me Twitter uh, to entertain myself on another long day up north I was taking photos of the pig uh, I also tried to throw the pig at the club's media officer when he was walking <laughs> along the pitch before anyone else had gone to the ground but I missed but uh, it shows um, yeah. the card of certainly that you know, they're back in business now they're saying that uh, the next home game which is the Chesterfield game uh, is uh, is going to be banner day because they, they feel that um, free speech has been uh, challenged here at the Valley especially since that, that lad who uh, was allegedly thrown against the wall for waving a, a North Korea flag despite being on his way home yeah. um, so, so that's uh, a, another new protest idea as well yeah, I mean, um, it looks like they've step, stepped it up a notch now. When um, I don't know what sort of banners they're they're planning on taking. Whatever you want to take, so bring your own. I can, I can imagine there'll be a fair few flags of a certain country. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, again, I don't know, as long as you're allowed them in the ground, I assume. Um, I don't think they're going to have quite a lot of people trying to take them down and stuff, mm-hmm. aren't they? But um, yeah, no, it's, they've they've stepped it up a notch now. They they did say they'd give Russell. Um, uh, they've did Russell and the club and the team a bit of time just to settle down and and now they've um, they've upped the ante and you know again it's one of those ones where it's another something to look forward to mm. on a Saturday. The, the, the question was always going to be like is um, you know do you feel the timing's right for this sort of thing but and you know, is it too early in the season? But I guess if if your main aim is to rid. Charlton have run and just It don't matter when it happens, really. I mean, th- I think the reason they they didn't do it in the first month was purely because of, you know, there there will be a portion of fans who would have turned against them if we if mm. we were playing well and they were disrupting matches. And I, and I don't think that changes anything in terms of they still want the owners to go if if we had had a decent start to the season. Yeah. But they they need to know that in order to achieve what they want, they need to have the fans on their side, and that's why they did it. Yeah, I completely agree as well, and I think. Um, Obviously, we're all here because we support the football team, and the football team winning is obviously going to be more positive. So, but on the other hand, as we've said so many times, f- the problems with the club are far more than just what's happening on the pitch. So, if we were second or first in the league and we, you know, won all of our games or were unbeaten or whatever, you could argue that the protests still need to carry on because the issue 
runs deeper than that. Having said that, if they started protesting from day one and then we were three games unbeaten and they're still protesting, as you say, there's fans that are going to say, well, look, maybe this regime has changed. So I think they've done it in the club, uh, not in the club's best interest, but in the players' best interest. They've let them, given them a chance. It hasn't paid off. And like Naif says, it makes uh, Saturdays more interesting again because, to be honest, the way the performances were going, I was just, it's so difficult to come down here on a Saturday and get yourself motivated for the game. And that's certainly sat- this last Saturday just gone was the most interesting mm-hmm. game we've had arguably since the season started Mads asks uh, or Mads says he'd really like Charlton Card to speak to Russell Slade as he really doesn't seem to understand the fans frustrations uh, Russell seems to have bought KM's lies about the fans being fickle and just being upset because of poor form because I mean there's, there was comments after the, the big protest against uh, commentary where Russell was like he sort of said oh you know I understand we shouldn't be down this low and, and I guess uh, he, he probably didn't I don't know if he's never going to say oh no. I understand you hate the owners he, gonna, mm. he probably tried to try and simplify the protest perhaps uh, do, you, do you reckon he knows fully what's going yeah, on yeah you know he's not, he's not he's not stupid I think he knows full well the whole situation but like you said he's not going to bite the hand that feeds him so mm. he's not going to come out and go yeah I know you hate all the hate the owners I know you don't like catching because he's a liar or whatever and <laughs> of course of course he's not going to come out and say that um, and you know he's just trying to defuse the situation just so he can try and get get ultimately on with his job which is yeah. to try and that's, make that's, us win matches yeah. you know and that's the other thing I was, I've, I've put in this thing for the paper tomorrow. It's like R- Russell Slade, much like all the all the, all the head coaches here. Like you imagine on a match day, you think you're not thinking about who owns the football club. You're just thinking, oh, oh I've got to, you know when you turn up for the training ground, you think, right, here's my group of players. I've got to mould them into something. And mm. I, I, you could see that he tried to turn around the negativity of the club in terms of at the start of the season, where mm. you know infamously my my supposed negativity was challenged at Cheltenham. You know, he 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 wants to build this 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 uh, good mentality around the place, and and you know that that comes from board level all the way down to fan level, uh, and that's what he tried to change. But unfortunately, because of what of, of the distrust of, of what is it, I don't I don't think they ever will. No, I think it's like uh, one of you said earlier. Uh, it's almost impossible to with with these owners in charge. And you know, I was more positive when we came into this season. I got got over the fact we were relegated. And, right, we're here now. This is the level we're playing at, and. We did buy well. We didn't buy enough, but we bought well the signings that we did make. Uh, I was pleased that Slade came in, um, but we didn't start the season well enough. We're still not really in a position where we're playing well enough, and you know, there's I completely understand why the protests have started again, and I don't necessarily blame Russell for that because it, some of the steps that he has made have been more positive, but unfortunately, it's just it's just too big a task and. With the owners that we've got, I don't know any manager that can come in and change that. So, right, uh, Charlton connection with Scott Wagstaff coming up next. Uh, Thirty seconds. If you've got any more tweets to get in on Waggy, uh, send them over now. is fed in, lovely touch, goes round his player, chips across the box, Jackson, oh yes, what a goal by Johnny Jackson, arriving late in the box, Holmes Dennis with a pinpoint cross, and the skippers give a Charlton the lead. Charlton Live. So welcome back to Charlton Live, uh, just very quickly before we start talking about Scotty Wagstaff, uh, stars of the radio, soon to become stars, uh-huh. stars of TV, oh, Tom, Tom and Nathan, uh, you're going to be on Fan TV on Wednesday the 9th of November mm-hmm. to spread the good word about uh, what's going on down at Charlton. Well it's Sky Channel 212 I think, it's on, um, they're on five days a week and what they what the um, what the sole purpose of it is, is, is to have like a football show without the the general pub um, g- general pundits and all that commentating and they get actually genuine fans on the show um, mainly for people like podcasts and that sort of stuff um, so we'll, we won't be the only ones we won't be boring everyone for three hours but um, we'll You're be on there for a for how long <laughs> uh, yeah, I, don't, I, actually, I don't actually know how long we're actually on for but um, yeah we'll be with um, it'll either be Justin Lee Collins or it will be Justin Lee Collins yeah he yeah. does some days like the, the, the Bristol guy yeah, yeah. the one who got yeah. done for stalking his ex-girlfriend yeah, yeah. so it's either he, it's either yeah. Him. A big comeback on yeah. Channel 2-1-2. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be him or Toby Tarrant, which and I think he does a radio show. I think, I'm pretty sure it's Toby Tarrant on Wednesdays. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so we're just going on there and, um, 
yeah, it'd be a, it'd be a good laugh. And they, what they did say uh, when they called us on yesterday, wasn't it? Oh, they they, they did say there's no no hold bar sort of thing. So you can say what you like as long as there's nothing illegal or libelous. Yeah. You can say whatever you want. So um, it gives us a platform, and I'm pretty yeah. sure Piggy will come up in conversation. Yeah, well, so yeah, and everyone se- seemed to think we had faces for radio, but obviously not. Obviously not. Proved well, them wrong. Obviously not. Well, obviously, make, make, try and make sure you take a really complicated route home just in case. Oh, it's <laughs> Oxford Circus. So um, yeah. Justin Lee Collins probably stalking us. So. <laughs> right um, uh, this week's Charlton Connection or Chesterfield yeah. Connection if you're reading oh. Nathan Sweet this morning <laughs> it was early it was, uh, it was Scott Wagstaff um, we, we picked I mean he was the obvious choice there's plenty of, yeah. there's plenty of players but Conchie there isn't you yeah, yeah is he there Con- yeah. Conchie yeah, yeah. yeah there's plenty, plenty of players who played for both teams mm. uh, four of our current squad I worked yeah, out really I think yeah, yeah across Lennon. and Lennon and Muldoon, I think. Uh, yeah, I think Len- Lennon scored for Gillingham on this yeah. day last year on, a, on, mm. a, on loan. He came up on a time hop. Uh, but let's talk about Scott Wagstaff, though. I mean, I, I've I've always held controversial opinions on Scott Wagstaff because I never rated him. Yeah. But he scored uh, he scored some goals, which you can't argue with. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favourite Scott Wagstaff moment, I think, was when he scored the, scored the second away at Leighton Orient when we'd just yeah. gone down to 10 men. Uh, what, yeah. what's, what's your favourite memories, Tom? I was going to. Memories, I saw him turn up here once, but he was driven in by his mum. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, he was only little. <laughs> uh, my, in terms of a single memory, it would either be that or the goal start of the season yeah. when he did the uh, like the FIFA celebration. Yeah, I think in general, what I remember from him was he just always gave everything. Yeah. You can, he, you can he, never you, argue. Yeah, with his like I know yeah. you say perhaps you didn't rate him, but one thing you can never fault was his work work ethic and. We had people who came in later who played out, out wide, like, I don't know, Lee Martin, for example, who perhaps sometimes you didn't feel like he was giving his giving his all, but Waggy always did, and mm. I'll always remember him doing that. But yeah, that goal and the FIFA celebration. Yeah. I think it was at the start of the season yeah, we won the league. Yeah, because yeah. 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 yeah, I always, like, like you say, was, I, I remember him fondly in terms of, I, I liked him as a yeah. player, mm. uh, in terms of work rate and hard work, and that's the sort of thing you like down at Charlton. But yeah, I, I always thought he was frustrating when he tried to take he, people. He never stood out for me as, a, yeah. as a di- one of the, our bet best players necessarily but you always knew if you were putting him on that side you knew he was going to be working there their full back hard and and giving everything he's got and you can't really ask more than that for a player honest pro wouldn't he? yeah let's yeah. have a let's have a few of the tweets quickly though. yeah well obviously was, I, I was gonna say i agree with uh tom like the mine was the bournemouth in the celebration Stephen mummery come uh, said the same the celebration the goal that set the title winning season going always running and putting a shift in which was just echoed what we said uh, james madison said love waggies always gave 100 percent. loved it when he dedicated a screamer against palace when he scored for bristol city for mm-hmm. the Charlton fans i remember that one and then uh, Fox in 1977 said uh, Orient on, away Tuesday night like you said Lou um, and then uh, Paul Paul the cab turned around and said um, Scott was going not to be kept on at Charlton even to the point of tears said he would have even taken a pay cut to stay so yeah. it, it shows the honest pro that he was and yeah. and I don't think anyone could ever yeah, fall Mad, Mads just tweeted you in again says Waggy getting the beers in from him, him and his mates at the player of the year too <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Sean said something similar so met, met him at the players year he won the disabled supporters player of the year mm. trophy and got released on the same day he was gutted uh, so as I was proper Charlton player uh, others who also got released that day uh, didn't go to the dinner so it shows uh, how yeah. much uh, how much of a good lad he was a good egg uh, Scotty Wagstaff he's injured uh, on Saturday BBC Kent uh, tweeted today so he won't be playing on Saturday has he still got that beard? Uh, he could, I remember I saw him on the sky and he had a beard he looked weird for his, for, his, for his sake let's hope not <laughs> right, uh, it's uh, 10 minutes to go left here on the big match preview we're going to look ahead now to Saturday's game Sort of a Kent Derby, sort of not, if we're going to have that big argument about whether Charlton's in Kent. <laughs> I said Kent Derby during a Slade interview, but to be honest, I would say anything. Oh. Um, at that point, I was just trying to get as many words out <laughs> of my mouth as possible. Words, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but let's listen now. Russell Slade has uh, calmed down a bit today. And this, this is where you can get back and talk more sense, when, when, he, when he's had a few minutes to calm down. Uh, and uh, Tony Hard of BBC Radio Kent went to ask Russell Slade his thoughts before uh, Saturday's game with Gillingham. Talking to Charlton manager Russell Slade ahead of Saturday's uh, local derby at Gillingham. Russell, what are you expecting at Gillingham? They've registered just one win in their last 12 and have gone 25 games without a clean sheet. But then they will know they can turn things around and give themselves fresh impetus if they beat Charlton. Yeah, of course. And look, look it's, it's, it's all about the next game and a reaction. And I'm sure Justin will be looking for that from, from his team, as, as, as we will after... Uh, a game that we thought we ought to have won on our travels at Port Vale. Um, it'll be a tough game because I think it'll be, you know, it'll have a little feeling of a local, localish derby, and um, 
you know, form can sometimes go out the window from that point of view. Um, we're, we're searching for for better form. Um, we've picked up four points out of six, but we're disappointed we haven't picked up all six, and we'll be looking to improve again on Saturday. You're expecting a red hot atmosphere down there. Yeah, no, I think it'd be a very good atmosphere there. It's um, it's quite a compact ground, isn't it? Fans are very close to the pitch there, and um, you know it should be a very good atmosphere. I just reeled off a load of stats to you. Do managers and players pay attention to those sort of stats as they prepare for a game? Um, we look at all sorts of data, obviously, um, on, on both on, on both teams, uh, but. Um, you have to be careful um, how much attention you do pay. I think it's good to be mindful of it for sure, um, but at the same time, it's um, it, you've got to take care of your own performance individually and collectively on the day as we prepare for the game. No doubt you've done your homework on Gillian. Well, yeah, we, we've started to, and, and obviously over the over yesterday, today, and, and, and Friday, we'll prepare for that. Your preparation is. Um, is slightly different because you've had a Tuesday game, so the preparation doesn't start until after that game. Um, but yeah, we're up and running um, Thursday, Friday, a big prep game, a big prep days for us um, with regard to the game coming up. Chart with the dominant force in midweek at Port Vale. What must you do to start turning draws into wins now? Um, I'd been more pleased with um, the creativity in the final third over the last two games. Um, I thought the first half on Tuesday was probably, and this is the frustration really, probably as well as we've played all season. Um, a lot of people there, the scouts that I know at the game, international scouts that I've spoken to and um, were impressed with what we'd done in the first half. I was more importantly, I was pleased with what the work we'd done in the first period where perhaps we should have been on another day you know three goals two to three goals up um, it wasn't the case but what we need to do also is is when we're in those situations is um, still brings on three points even if you win it one nil so um, you know we, we're disappointed with that um, it's a poor We've gone over it. We've got an honest group, and that and and that, and, and that's a good thing. Morgan knows that he should have cleared it. He's put his hands up in the changing rooms, and he was a little bit clumsy. Harry, whether he should go for it, he shouldn't, but he's still got the best keeper in the league, in my opinion, to beat. Um, so it was disappointing to give that that goal away. Um, but. We are improving. You've seen that over the last two games in, in that area. That the international break helped. We were able to put some work into to, to the players on that, and um, we are creating a lot of chances. And, and, and I think that's the positive thing. Um, I just looked at the. You've talked about data this morning. I just looked at that. I mean, away from home, we had twenty shots, of which ten were on target. That's the pro zone data. I mean, any other data. Is, is fairly inaccurate the BBC and other data are not so accurate but Prozone is right on the button and um, those were very encouraging for the away team Now without Jason Pearce on Tuesday I believe he's got a groin injury will he be available to you on Saturday do you know? Well again uh, along with one or two others to be honest that um, uh, we'll have to run our eye over to ensure that they're available for Saturday like, like Luckman, who, who came off with tight um, hamstrings as well, but hopefully, you know, he'll recover in time. Russell Slade, thank you very much. Thank you. So we have uh, Tony Harder interviewing uh, Russell Slade ahead of the red hot derby with uh, <laughs> with uh, Gillingham on on, uh, on Saturday. Um, <laughs> some, I mean, Gillingham, I think I think he said something, they haven't haven't had a clean sheet in something like twenty five games. No, they've. Um, mm. We've conceded 13, which isn't great, but they've conceded 26. Mm. So in only a short sp- space of time, they've conceded double the amount of, that they've, we have. So They've only won one game in 12, we've won two in 12. It's going to be a thrilling it's game. It's going to be like a 5-all. <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I mean, are you guys going scared? 
Oh, well, I'll be going down a bulletproof vest. <laughs> a cut of heavies. The Ginning and Cholton derby's always reminded me of um, Galatasaray versus mm. Fenerbahce. Yeah. Similar. Similar. Similar yeah. I around you. We'll take what twenty thousand around. Yeah. <laughs> only ten. Only three thousand in the ground. But <laughs> might go ice skating we'll after. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Living the dream. Uh, I mean, we'll talk. We'll talk about. Um, Potential injuries there. We're not sure. Jason <coughs> Pierce, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, don't know what he's going to have to do to prove his groin's fit and yeah. up and running. But yeah, because he had to do a test when it hit his head. <laughs> he did. And, yeah, yeah. might so. have to do some thrusts in front of Russell. <laughs> <laughs> Like hip thrusts <laughs> I'm actually gyrating so that's right in Tom's face it's fine don't worry about it uh, I'm, uh, back to the banana joke we've started yeah. an ending with the same joke haven't we yeah. um, right so, seriously though um, yeah. if we play like we did in that first half on, on Saturday on mm. uh, Tuesday then and, and we take our chances then we'll be home and dry and, and that's what we, we need that desperately mm. now don't we yeah yeah. I, th- I, th- I, th- I think it'll be goals I, th- I reckon it'll be uh, I'll be a 3-1 Charlton you got a free one? Yeah, I think it'll be goals. I think we'll smash them. It's quite defensive. I was going to say six. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think the atmosphere might play it down a little bit. Yeah, what do you reckon? Yeah, a bit nervy. N- nervy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just like, you know what the rain amender like? They can suck the ball oh. into the goal or they, or they can keep it out when you're, mm. when you're attacking. Well, it's, it's been scaffold as well, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are that's in the ground and everything? Yeah, just, just a reminder, actually, there's going to be no uh, tickets on sale on the day. So if you want a ticket, you have to come and get it from the valley before one o'clock tomorrow. Uh, if you right. want one well the club are saying no tickets on the day at the moment so 1pm uh, 1, 1 tomorrow uh, if you want to get one or you can ring up before 1pm and ask them to leave it behind a desk but yeah just so you know if you're going to uh, if you're going to head down do you think that do you think there will be changes do you think Jose's going to get a look in or anything like that or? No. I don't think he will no. I'd like to see him there but I don't think he will no. I don't know whether something's happened off the scenes or what but and also being away from home and more likely to play the four five one. But um, yeah, I don't think he will. But but I think they'd have to be guided. I think <coughs> definitely. Jules, you know what I mean. Well, so maybe maybe he'll, maybe he'll be a bit braver and go. Maybe I'll go for four four two. But mm. I, I agree. I think he'll stick with the same lineup. I think Lennon a drop out. Jimmy Lennon actually haven't won for a while. Their, la- their last few home games, they drew a Walsall on Tuesday. They. Uh, 30th of August wasn't it yeah, yeah they haven't won in 6 and yeah. before that they hadn't won in 5 yeah. so their Got record lost at home to Oldham we, we want to kind of say that that means they're there for the taking but our record mm. isn't much better to be honest <laughs> but we've we've just got to go at them as I say you could, 26 goals at this stage in the season that's like two a game almost uh, we've got to go at them and, mm. and try and get those goals and like you say if we do like we did at Port Vale but actually put those chances away we'll have no problem yeah. Albert yeah. Rossi says I think that a Jose should be uh, given a go right we've uh, run out of time here on Channel Live quick the big match preview. Stay safe, uh, Gillingham, on uh, in that red hot atmosphere on uh, going <laughs> <laughs> <on>, uh, <laughs> to be electric on Saturday. Uh, Tom, thanks for joining us. Here cheers, Louis. Big match preview. Nathan, thanks for joining us. No worries. Cheers, boys. Yeah, uh, we're all going off to get tooled up for Gillingham <laughs> and uh, to experience the red hot atmosphere. So I've been Louis Mendes. This has been Charlton Live, the big match preview. Don't forget, we'll be back on Sunday evening uh, to uh, count how many bodies there are after the Gillingham game. We'll, uh, we'll see you on Sunday evening. <laughs> When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.